0: Welcome to the Riverside Church podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Let's go ahead and get right into it. We are in part two of the spring semester that we are calling Kings and Kingdoms. Can somebody say Kings and Kingdoms? And last Sunday, Pastor Bobby kicked things off talking about the kingdom kingdom. Playing. come on who enjoyed and was blessed by last Sunday's message it was so good so rich and I encourage you if you missed it you want to go back and re-listen to it go to our YouTube channel subscribe go to our podcast download the app and check it out we know that it will be a blessing to you but what he talked about this past Sunday was he talked about how King Jesus who's also referred to as the second Adam in scripture and how Jesus came to restore and establish the kingdom of God. And I simply wanna pick up where he left off and this morning talk about this, the kingdom proclamation, the kingdom proclamation. So if you have your syllabus, your booklet, you can go ahead and turn there and we're gonna read the introduction that we find in there. It says this, in ancient times, when a new king gained power or a territory was conquered, heralds would be sent out to proclaim to the citizens that they were now living under the rule of a new king. Jesus himself would spend much of his earthly ministries being one of these heralds proclaiming that the kingdom of heaven had come. You can remain standing. We're reading from Matthew chapter 4 verse 17 this morning as we open up with one verse of scripture. And to give you some context, this scripture actually takes place not too long after Jesus is water baptized and he's led by the spirit into the wilderness. And as he's there for 40 days and he's tempted, he comes out full of power and this is the message that Jesus preached can you imagine that's a lot of time to sit and think and begin to think what am I going to say when I come out and there's people multitudes waiting for me what message am I going to share and he shared this message in Matthew chapter 4 verse 17 says this from that time Jesus began to preach can somebody say preach Which, get this, if you begin to do a word study on the word preach that we find right here in this verse, it comes from a Greek word that is carousel. And get this, carousel means to proclaim, to declare, or to announce, or to herald a message. So we could read the scripture like this. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim. Somebody say proclaim. And to say repent. Somebody say repent. For the kingdom... Of heaven is at hand. See, whenever we see kingdom of heaven, heaven, that's synonymous, and that can be used interchangeably with the kingdom of God. So we're going to read this one more time. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, "Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." I was thinking about it. Isn't it interesting how Jesus, in his central and main message and teaching, which was the kingdom of God. He led it up with and he said, repent beforehand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know you serve a God of intention. You serve a God of excellence. You know that God does never does anything on accident, but everything that God does and everything that God says, He says it with purpose. Every miracle sign and wonder that Jesus Christ performed even in the earth. And every word that he said, it was for one reason, to proclaim and to declare and to announce and herald the message of the gospel, which is the good news of the kingdom of God. Oh, come on. Is anybody thankful for the kingdom of God in our lives? Talking about the kingdom proclamation. Somebody say the kingdom proclamation. Let's pray together right now. Lord Jesus, right now, we simply open up our hearts and open up our minds to receive the word of God. Speak. Have your way. We remove all distractions, all worries. God, we come against anything, God, that would hinder your plan and purpose right now in this moment. Have your way. Edify. Equip your saints, your ministers, God, so that way we can do the work of the kingdom. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And if you love Jesus, can you give him a shout of praise in this place? Can you put your hands together? Thank you, Lord. And you can make your way back to your seat. God bless you, maybe seated. Thank you for standing in honor of reading of God's word. For those that may not be aware of what the kingdom of God is, because sometimes we say this word and we read it in scripture, and sometimes it goes over people's heads. The kingdom of God was the central message that Jesus preached and that he teached. In fact, Over 80 times in the New Testament, the kingdom of God is mentioned. And that's in the New Testament alone. And I came to tell you today that the kingdom of God is realer than you can ever imagine, if that's even a word. And and, and it's a spiritual reality that affects every one of our physical and natural lives every single day. But here's the thing. It can be hard to express or explain A a spiritual reality with human words and human logic. Which is why when Jesus began to talk and proclaim and preach the kingdom of God, he would do so by giving parables. Which parables were simply this. Parables were earthly stories that had a heavenly meaning attached to them. And he would use these stories to explain and express how the kingdom of God operates. And before we talk more about the kingdom of God this Sunday morning, I think it's important that we first understand what a kingdom is and what a kingdom isn't. See, because I believe that the reason many people have a hard time wrapping their mind and brain around the kingdom of God is because they've never lived in or been under the rule of a kingdom. For many of us, if not for most of us in this place, we were born in the U.S.A., We were raised in America. The United States of America. We were were born and raised here. Which, guess what? The United States, we're a democracy, not a monarchy. We have a president, we don't have a king. We are used to subscribing to a specific political party and casting our vote for whoever we think should be in office. And if we don't agree with a law, legislation, or a certain political stance, many people will take to the streets, or some of you will take to Facebook. We've seen it. <laughs> to protest and exercise. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. We're not keeping track of it. But, anyways, to exercise and express what you feel is right, and people will hold signs and have megaphones. And in a democracy, people have the freedom to own their own business and own their own property. See, the whole idea of a democracy is this, that a democracy, people are in charge. People rule, people have authority. In fact, the word democracy actually comes from two Greek words. The first word being demos, which means people. Demos, people. Second Greek word, this, kratos, which means rule. So the whole idea of a democracy is this. Democracy is this people rule. But can I tell you that a kingdom is completely different? Because in a kingdom, it's the king who rules, reigns, and has the final authority. You don't vote to see who will be king, a king is born. And if you come against the word of a king, it's like you're coming against the law. Because his word is law. And if you get out of alignment, you are in rebellion. And in a traditional kingdom, it's the king that owns all the land and all the territory. The people are simply in stewardship of it, watching over it and taking care of it. But don't be mistaken, it all belongs to the king. I want to break this down even more. If we were to give you a working definition for a kingdom, it could be defined as this. Feel free to write this down. Kingdom. Somebody say kingdom. The governing influence, somebody say influence, of a king over his territory impacting it with his personal will, purpose, and intent. Somebody say will, purpose, intent. Producing a culture of values, morals, and lifestyle that reflect the king's desires and nature for his citizens. In other other words, get this. a A kingdom speaks to the domain and dominion that a king has over his territory and his people within that kingdom. So, for example... There are, I think, 43, yeah, 43 recognized kingdoms that would, that countries, identif- that countries that identify as kingdoms in the world today. And on the other hand, there are 120 countries that would be considered democratic governments. But here's the thing that both governments and kingdoms have in con- common here in the world. Earthly kingdoms and earthly governments, here's what they have in common. They are both susceptible to corruption because people are running it. People all are in charge. And who knows that if people run things, they're prone to ruin things, right? See, that we see that all in the Old Testament in the king's of the Old Testament in the kingdom of Israel, they dropped the ball and messed up so many times, but I came to tell you this Sunday morning that our focus and our topic and the kingdom that we're talking about is not any ordinary kingdom. In fact, this kingdom is not of this world. We're talking about an everlasting, an eternal, a perfect, an incorruptible, an indescribable kingdom, which is known as the kingdom of the most high God, we're Get this, there is only one king who reigns, and he will forever reign. Nobody voted him in, and nobody can vote him out. Somebody, somebody rebelled against him one day in the kingdom of heaven by the name of Lucifer. We're going to call him Lucy. He came against the king at one point in the kingdom of heaven, and God said, get your butt out of here. With one-third of all the angelic hosts, he got kicked out of heaven. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm talking about God, who is the king of glory. He is the ancient king. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the king of kings, and he is the Lord of lords. And guess what? I came to tell the devil that he has a name, and it is the name that is above every other name. And it is the name of Jesus Christ, whose kingdom knows no end, who owns the earth in the fullness thereof, who over 2,000 years ago stepped into time, took on flesh and bone, Live the life that we couldn't live, laid his life down, but who's thankful that on the third day he picked it back up? Oh, come on. He defeated death, hell, in the grave. Come on. He's filled us with his Holy Spirit, and now he's invited you, and he's invited the entire world to be part of this, this kingdom, the kingdom of God. Oh, come on. And he's coming back one day. He's coming back one day in a cloud of glory, and when he comes, he will judge both the living and the dead and one day every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord oh come on this is the gospel this is the good news of the kingdom of God for while we were still sinners Christ died for us for God so loved the world that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life this is the good news of the kingdom oh come on is there any people in here that believe that Jesus is still seated on the throne he's seated at the right hand of the father and he has the final say what am I trying to say the kingdom of God is more real than you can ever imagine In fact, the scripture says all things that are seen were created and came from things which are not seen, that everything that's visible came from things that were invisible. In other words, the kingdom of God is more real and tangible and alive than anything that you can see, touch, feel, and hear with your natural state. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. This body will pass away one day. This body will die and wither up, but your spirit will live on for eternity. Okay? Come on, and there is a king. Come on, before there was ever an earthly kingdom, there was a heavenly kingdom. Come on, this reality, y'all, this reality. I feel this word. I just, I just feel a conviction and an unction. I, I just feel like people, see, because here's the thing. Christians, churches, many times, they bypass and never talk about the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God was the message And the central teaching that Jesus Christ preached. And can I encourage you? If you have a kingdom mindset and a kingdom perspective, even as you read scripture, you need to understand this. It's about a king and his kingdom. And here's the thing about a kingdom. A kingdom would be nothing if it wasn't for the king. You want to know what makes heaven heaven? God is there. No wonder, no wonder Jesus could say, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand, or the kingdom of God is near. Why? Because wherever a king goes, the kingdom follows. I'm going to let that soak for just a second, y'all. Come on, anybody getting this word this Sunday morning? I love what the prophet Isaiah said about King Jesus, his kingdom and government. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 through 7, check this out. In this scripture, you probably heard it every single Christmas series and sermon, but I think you're going to see it in a new light this Sunday morning. It says this, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the what? Say it again. Government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Get this, of the increase of what? His government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David, and what? Say it again. His kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So guess what? When Jesus came down, the kingdom came with him. But guess what? He didn't stop there. He wanted to expand and establish the kingdom. So you know what he did? He put his spirit on the inside of us. My God. Where now the king and the kingdom can rule and reign. Through us, that wherever we go, the king goes. Wherever we go, we have the kingdom. We can affect people and spirits and our environment around us. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells inside of us as believers. Come on, who's thankful for kingdom power? I'm getting ahead of myself right now. We got to go on. Man, I felt so led to open up in this way, guys, because this morning as we talk about the kingdom of God, I want to challenge you with this. Reset and retrain your brain from everything that you thought you knew about life, Christianity, the Bible, and the kingdom of God. Because if you don't have a kingdom perspective, things are going to be out of alignment. See, because if we're not careful, y'all, this is what can happen. We can begin to reduce the Bible and the kingdom of God to this, religion, a denomination, or a democracy. Why? How? By imposing our own opinions and our own beliefs over what God's word says. It's no wonder that Jesus said this. He said, repent. Somebody say, repent. repent. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God is that. hand. That's my first point. I'm going to break this down for a second because it's so powerful. The first point is this. Jesus' proclamation was repent and receive the kingdom. See, I believe that the greatest challenge and opposition That Jesus faced during his earthly ministry was not the devil, but rather it was the hearts and the minds and the mindsets and the disposition of the people. So when Jesus came and he said repent, he wasn't just talking about turning away from a sinful and wicked lifestyle, which is important and something that we should all do and turn to God. But more than that, what he was saying was this. I want you to forget everything that you think you know. I want you to change your thinking and change your mind on everything that you think you know. Because here's the thing, the kingdom is coming. And things are going to be different because here's the thing, the people had allowed politics and religion to influence and infect their minds where when the king himself stood before them, it hindered them and kept them from receiving him and his kingdom. Do you want to know what the word repentance means? In its original context, in its original Greek interpretation, get this. Repent or repentance means this. In the Greek, it means metanoia. Somebody say metanoia. Come on, say that three times fast, right? Repentance, metanoia. And get this, get this is what it means. To change one's mind. Write that down. To change one's mind. You know. That's where we get words, metanoia. That's where we get words like this, metamorphosis. Whenever a butterfly goes through the stages of development, turning from a caterpillar to a butterfly, it goes through a transformation, just like God wants to transform you. Just like God wants you to know that you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Just like God wants you to grow every single day and every single year. where you look back over your life and say, Lord, you've taken me so far. I don't know about you. I don't want to be the same Caleb today that I was years ago. I want to grow and develop and mature in Christ Jesus in my life. Come on. He said, come on, if you want your your life to be transformed, if you want to be transformed, guess where it starts? Your mind. He said, change your mind, change your thinking, because a kingdom is coming. Things are about to be different. Get get ready right now and get this. I've heard somebody say it before like this. They asked, what was the last four letters of the word repent? P-E-N-T, pent. It means a high or elevated place, like a penthouse. We don't have any of those in Victoria, so maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. Look it up. Penthouse, right?. Pen- In other words, people said that what Jesus was saying, He said, You're thinking? Oh, sweetheart, your thinking is way down here. Men, your, your, your thinking right now is way down here. But through repentance, through changing your mind and receiving and experiencing the kingdom of God, I want to take your thinking right here, and whenever I change your thinking, everything else around you will begin to change. It starts in the mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says like this, and that helped me see this scripture in a whole new light as well. It says, and do not be conformed to this world. The Greek word for world is cosmos. It's much more than what we can see in just people, but it's talking about a structure, a system, a government, a pattern that is there. And he's saying this, don't conform to that. Don't be like everybody else. Don't fall into the entrapment of religion and other people's views. He said, but be transformed. Somebody say transformed. Transformed by the renewing of your mind, and get this, check this out, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I've read this scripture so many times, and I never caught this until right now. Check this out. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and get this, he says this, that you, somebody say me, may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In other words, don't expect to know and do the will of God if you're not willing to change your thinking and change your mind. I'm gonna let that sit for a second. Remember the definition for kingdom that we went over earlier? Is this the governing influence of a king. The governing influence of a king over his territory, even his people, impacting it with his what? Personal will, somebody say will, purpose, and intent. No wonder the disciples, when they asked Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray. He said, pray in this way. Thy kingdom come. Thy what? Will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Even Jesus, whenever he's in the garden of Gethsemane and he's fixing to go to the cross, they're fixing to come and take him, and he knows what's ahead of him. He prays in the garden and he said, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. What cup was Jesus talking about? Jesus was talking about the cup of pain and suffering and shame that he would experience through the crucifixion. And it's been said before by people that the 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 reason Jesus said cup is because back then kings would often have assassination attempts over their life where people would poison the cup that they would drink from. That's why people, different people would bear the responsibility of being a cup bearer. They would be right there next to the king to make sure that they would taste and test the drink in the cup to make sure that it would be safe for the king. What does that say about a king who knowingly and willingly drank of the cup of death and crucifixion for you and your sake. He traded death, he traded life for death, so that way you could trade death for life. He willingly did it. In other words, what happened was he said, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. See, because you need to understand this, Jesus was fully God, but he was fully man. And just like any of us, we wouldn't want to experience the crucifixion, right? Right? So in this moment, he said, Jesus Christ himself, son of God, God in the flesh, God incarnate, the visible image of an invisible God, he came to do the kingdom of God, he, but yet there was a part of him that's mm, you know what I mean? But in that moment, he said, I'm going to change my mind, I'm going to change my thinking for this reason I was born, I, this is what I'm called to do, I'm aligning my mind with the kingdom of God, if I have to suffer and die for the joy set before him, Jesus Christ and endured the cross oh come on he who knew no sin became sin so that way we can become the righteousness of God he knew he had to establish the kingdom but he knew that he had to suffer and die first it wasn't as easy for the disciples to accept that though because whenever the disciples heard Jesus talk about the kingdom of God you know what they thought about all the kingdom of God is here I can imagine the disciples getting, like, huddled up, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you've ever seen The Chosen or anything like that, but just like, whoo, His kingdom's coming. Baby, that means we're about to take over. He's about to overthrow the Roman government that has oppressed us, and we're going to go back to the good old days. Well, come on, we're going to be seated with, with him, and we're going to be ruling over people. And the disciples would even argue over one another, and they would say, oh, well, whenever, whenever Jesus takes a seat, uh, I'm going to be greater than you, and you're going to be serving me. And, and, we're, and, and they had the wrong mindset. And Jesus said, change your thinking. Repent. For the son of man, he didn't come to be served, but he came to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. The first will be last. The last will be first. The greatest among you will be him who is servant of all. Change your thinking. Your thinking down here, it's time to change your thinking up here. Even Peter. Peter, the same one who in Caesarea Philippi, when Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? Oh, some say John the Baptist, some say, uh, not John the Baptist, Elijah. Some say this, some say that, and they begin to go all these things. He said, but who do you say that I am? And then Peter steps up to the plate. He says, oh, you're the Messiah. You're the Christ. You're the Son of God. Oh, Peter, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. In other words, his mindset, it was right here, but that was a revelation from God. And get this, because it can happen quick. We can go from here to here really quick. Afterward, Jesus says, All right, you know, I got to suffer. I got to die. I got to go through this. Then Peter says, Oh, that doesn't sound. He was thinking with the wrong mindset, the fear of other people, a worldly mindset. And he stands before Jesus going to the cross. And check this out in Mark chapter 8, verse 31 through 33. I never caught this before. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes. And be killed. And after three days, rise again. He spoke this word openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned around and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get behind me, Satan. And I don't believe he was speaking to Peter as much as he was talking to the spirit that was influencing Peter. Because right after the word, check this out look at this. For you are not mindful. Of the things of God, but of the things of men. He had to change his thinking. He had the wrong mindset. And it wasn't until later, y'all, that the disciples and Peter finally discovered and realized that whenever Jesus said the kingdom of God is coming or the kingdom of God is here, the kingdom of God is at hand. He wasn't talking about establishing it in Jerusalem. You know what he was talking about? He was talking about establishing it in their hearts because it was much greater than what they could ever even imagine. But they almost missed it because they weren't, it was hard for them to change their mind and change their thinking. Think about this. The Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes, and experts of the law missed Jesus because they were unwilling to change their religious mindset. And not only did they Miss Jesus, they crucified Jesus, the king. Can you imagine? Experts in the law, they put to death the one that put that law together. Because they made religion and man-made rules more important than the ruler who was King Jesus. And can I tell you something? If we're not careful, y'all, we can have the same mindset. Because, you know, sometimes we just reduce repentance to this. (sighs) I'm sorry, God. And we keep on going the same direction without turning to God at all. Oh, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry, God. Just running through. I can do what I want. This is my kingdom. I'm sitting on the king. I'm the king sitting on the throne of my heart, and we've never truly made Jesus our Lord, which is our king in our life. See, and sometimes here's what's going to happen, too. We come to church. That's why people come to church for years and years and years, and they don't grow at all because they never truly repented. They never really opened up their mind and said, Lord, see, there's not, See, what the devil wants you to do, he wants you to come to church, but he doesn't want nothing else in your life to change. Oh, he's cool with you sitting here and being, just because you're in this church doesn't mean that you're a Christian, folks. Oh, come on. Jesus said, my disciples. Uh, Jesus said, my disciples. He said, if you are truly my disciples, you will, he said this. He said, those that hear my teachings and put it into practice and apply it, they will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Jesus said, a wise man builds his house on the rock by applying what i've said see the devil just wants things to go in your ear and out the other ear and he wants your heart to be hardened but come on the sign of a believer is the fruit that follows come on i'm not saying that we're ever going to be perfect or this or that all i'm saying is we need to begin to repent and change our thinking and change our mind and say lord jesus i've done it my way for far too long i'm a kid i'm a i'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven oh come on somebody can we give him some praise in this place So how can we make sure that our minds are being renewed, our minds are being changed and truly repent and have a kingdom mindset? Here's a second point I want to give you is this. We experience the kingdom by submitting to the rule and reign of the king. We experience the kingdom by submitting to the rule and the reign of the king. Like I mentioned previously, every kingdom has this. Every kingdom has a king. And every king has a rule and reign that influences the, his territory and the people within his kingdom. And if you want to experience all the perks and benefits of that kingdom, you must first be willing to submit to the governing authority of that king. I won't ever forget whenever me and Brooklyn... Went to the Bahamas for our honeymoon, y'all. We were so pumped up, so excited. Never seen such blue water, had a great time and everything, but I'm not going to lie. It was pretty intimidating when we arrived at the airport because when we got there to the airport, we had to sign some papers, and they went through a number of things that we had to abide by, guidelines that we didn't have in America. Why? Because we were in a different region that had a different rule. And they said, you need to check in every day to make sure you don't have COVID-19. You need to fill out this form and do this. And the Bahamas used to be part of the United Kingdom, but I believe it wasn't until the 70s that they became their own democratic government. But even then, Brooklyn and I still had to adhere to the rules and the guidelines that the government set to be in right standing with the government that was above us because every kingdom And every nation has these two things. They have a constitution and they have a rule. And can I tell you that in the same way, in the kingdom of God, there is a rule and reign that comes from the king himself that that we are called to abide by and adhere to as citizens. And get this, do you know what the word righteousness means? I want you to get this. The word righteousness, because you know that you're called to be the righteousness in Christ Jesus, supposed to live, we're called to live a righteous life. You know what righteousness means? It means this, to be in right standing with the governing authority that is above you. But here's the thing about righteousness in the kingdom of heaven. None of us can be righteous by our own good works and our own good deeds and by our own strength. To try to do so is religion, man's attempt to try to get to God. See, Righteousness is not achieved. Righteousness is received by the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ and the Spirit of Christ on the inside of us that's working in us and through us and that guides us in our lives. I want you to check this out. What the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans chapter 14, verse 17 through 18. He said, for the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, but righteousness. Somebody say righteousness and peace and joy. In the Holy Spirit, for he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Not eating or drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in yourself, in your religion, in your good works. Thank you, Pastor CJ. In the Holy Spirit. You do realize, right, we were once dead in our sin, but we're alive. and We were once tombs, but now we are temples of the Holy Spirit. The scripture says that you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise to guarantee your inheritance in Christ Jesus, just like every passport has a seal on the front called the Great Seal of the United States. It's a gold thing with the eagle, right? And that gives people permission to go into different regions and go to different areas, and not only that, but to come back home. And your God was so in love with you, and he went all in for you. Not only did he cover you with his blood, but he filled you with the holy spirit where now we said you know what this is my son and my daughter they have received jesus christ the king as lord and now i'm going to make a home in their heart and guess what that means they're going to be in heaven with me one day but not only that but that means they, they will have power and authority to tread over serpents and scorpions and all the powers of the enemy no matter where they go because they are a citizen of my kingdom oh come on somebody can you give them some praise in this place Man, a lot of this is in my notes. I don't know who needs to hear this right now. I'm not mad at y'all, by the way. I'm not harsh. I'm not trying to be. We love y'all, guys. Anybody getting this word this Sunday morning? I pray so. Come on. See, the reason the Apostle Paul wrote this, see, I want to go back to this. (laughs) For the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Ghost. The reason the Apostle Paul wrote this scripture right here is this, because there was a dispute and a disagreement and a divide in the early church because of this. People were getting upset at other Christians for purchasing and eating discounted meats, y'all, that were sold at the market that were once used for pagan worship and pagan god sacrifices. And what began to happen is that there was a divide and dispute because some Christians felt convicted for buying it and eating it, but other Christians didn't. And so the apostle Paul steps in and he writes this letter. and, And what had happened, people had allowed Religious mindsets and their opinions to bring division. And the Apostle Paul also writes in the book of Romans, he said, Don't let doubtful thinking or less important things to bring division among you. In other words, I didn't call you because they were arguing over meat that was once used for pagan sacrifice, now they were eating. And he said, Don't argue over these doubtful things that are less important. For the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking. In other words, stop trying to be the sin police and push your convictions on other people. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. I don't know who that's for right now. The kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. What was he saying? The only reason that we are made righteous is because of Christ in us. And the way that we walk in the righteousness of God is by Christ working in us and us submitting to his lordship and his rule and his reign in our lives. Does that mean that we're gonna be perfect and never sin or stumble or make a mistake? No, we're gonna sin and stumble at times and make a mistake and we're gonna fall because yes, we have the Holy Spirit, But we also have our fleshly nature and our sinful nature. But every time that you fall, that's why we need to repent and change our thinking every single day and make sure that Jesus Christ is Lord and King, seated on the throne of our heart. Oh, come on. Who's thankful that his grace and mercies are new every single morning? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Added unto you. We can do all things through who? Christ who gives us strength we need to learn how to submit to the rule and reign of the king and begin to elevate our thinking see a kingdom mindset doesn't prioritize and make the first priority how much money is in my bank account oh am I better than him I want to have the best house, everybody. I want to have this thing and that's and There's nothing wrong with having stuff, but there's something wrong whenever stuff has you. And, and it'd be, see, Jesus even said, for the pagans worry about these things, what they will eat, what they will wear, what they will this and that. He said, but you're not like one of them. He said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be out unto you. In other words, as you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and that becomes the priority and standard in your life, everything else will be taken care of. Come on, somebody say, he wants to rule and reign through me. But we have to learn how to submit to the king. Jesus said it like this. He said, if you love, said, if you love me, keep my commandments he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Notice how Jesus did not say, and he wasn't standoffish or afraid, and he was like, if you love me, keep my suggestion. Keep my suggestion. Yeah, whatever you want. If you don't like it, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, just forget about it. You can close your ears or do that. No, he didn't say, if you love me, keep my suggestions. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Because whenever a king speaks, His word is law and his word is final. We don't get to pick and choose what the king did or didn't say. God's word is clear. But not only that, and this is what gets me fired up. God said this He said, Not only am I gonna give them the word, but I'm gonna write my word and my commandments and, the, and my law inside of their hearts. And I will lead them by my spirit. And they'll be able to walk according to my plan and purpose. And it's not so that way God can be controlling. Some of us, we think God's like a dictator. And they're like, God, just let me live my life that's the thing. That's when you mess up because it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I pick up my cross daily. I'm, I'm I'm submitted to the rule and reign of the king, not to a religion, not to a denomination, not to myself, not to my possessions. King Jesus sits on the throne of my heart, and for all the days of my life, I will serve the Lord. My children will serve the Lord. I will be a service to the king and guess what you are part of the royal priesthood not only are you a citizen but you are a royal priesthood you have royalty you have authority in the name of Jesus man I don't know why this a lot of this is not in my notes I don't know who this is for right now but it's time to wake up it's time to repent it's time to change our thinking because I'm telling you the kingdom of God changes everything But, Caleb, you know, I got so much going on. I got this. These people are counting on me. It seems like an overwhelming amount. I feel so overwhelmed when you say, submit to the rule and reign of the king. Don't complicate it. Make it simple. You know how you start? Get this. You start by loving the king and receiving his love for you. Jesus said all the commandments can be kept in these two commandments. Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Come on, does anybody love King Jesus this Sunday morning? Come on, stand to your feet this Sunday morning. I want to read from Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10. I'm coming to a close. You can go ahead and come up. Check this. I love this. He said in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 10, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. Somebody say that day is today. That day is today. Says the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. He said the king, this is the king speaking right now. He said that he would write his law in your Mind and in your heart. He wants to change you. He wants to transform you. But we have to learn how to repent. Turn to the king and submit to his rule and reign. Fall in love with him. The kingdom of God is real. The king is alive. And he wants to rule and reign through you who are his royal priesthood. And can I tell you, you can spend your entire life, y'all. We will spend our entire lifetime seeking the kingdom of God and still learning and growing and developing in it. Even in heaven. Can you think about eternity? Think about it. You can't even wrap your mind around eternity. No, it's outside of time. You can't put a time limit on it. We're going to be in eternity eternity worshiping the king being in his kingdom forever and we're still going to be in awe and wonder of his majesty but here's the good news of the gospel you ready you don't have to wait to die and go to heaven to experience the kingdom because jesus said the kingdom of god is here the kingdom of god is at hand now he brought heaven down to earth And now we can experience the kingdom of God. But not only that, we have the kingdom and the king living on the inside of us. Broken, messed up, sinful, dirty people. But God said, I love them. I'm going to die for them. I'm going to lay down my life. I know they're not going to be perfect. I know they're going to fail and make mistakes, but. I love them. I'm expanding the kingdom of God, and guess what? God wants to reveal his kingdom to you, but guess what, he also wants to reveal it to people that are around you. He wants to reveal it to people that are around you. Some of us are praying for people in our life. So God, touch them, God, move, God, reveal yourself to them. But could it be possible that God wants to use you? Because wherever you go, the king and kingdom goes to reveal the kingdom, but we have to allow him to rule and reign through us. The scripture says that we are the salt and light of this world. The Bible says taste and see that the Lord is good. How is the world going to taste and see if we're not first the salt and the light? Here's the conclusion. The kingdom is revealed through the king in us. If you've repented and received what Jesus Christ has done on Calvary, guess what? Christ, the King of glory, lives on the inside of you. To know the King is to experience the kingdom. And as you seek the kingdom, everything else will be taken care of. Come on, does anybody receive this word this Sunday morning? I pray so. Can we pray together in this moment? Lord Jesus, right now for all that fallen short of the glory of God. Right now in this moment, we repent. We turn away from every one of our wicked ways. Change our thinking right now in this moment. Forgive us for being religious. Forgive us for being stubborn and prideful. God, we humble ourselves underneath your mighty right hand, oh God. Have your way. God, we receive the kingdom. But not only that, we make you Lord over our life. We submit to the rule and the reign of the kingdom of God. Have your way in my life. Have your way in my family. Somebody repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent and receive your kingdom. I make you Lord over my life. Rule and reign through me. And reveal the kingdom through my relationship with you. Come on, maybe watching online in this moment, you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and make this same declaration. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent. God, I changed my thinking. I believe that you are Lord. I believe that you died. I believe that you rose. I, I come to you. I humble myself before you. Jesus, I believe in who you are. You are the way, the truth, and life right now in your way, in your own way. Say it right there in that way. Lord Jesus, I confess. I believe that you are Lord. I believe that you died in your rose. I accept you into my heart, oh God. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship him this morning before we leave this place. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.